healthy from the inside out. This is Valley Well Valle Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. Each week, we go in-depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Valley Well Valle Salud. I'm your host, Lauren Vargas. The spread of coronavirus or COVID-19 has impacted all of us in unprecedented ways. The effects of this pandemic are still happening and are hard for many of us to comprehend. So today we wanna talk about how COVID-19 is affecting our mental health, both as individuals and as a society. Today I'm joined by Dr. Alicia Cowdery. She's a district medical group psychiatrist and outpatient medical director for behavioral health services at ValleyWise Health. Dr. Cowdery, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So people are really scared and worried about this for many reasons. When did you realize how big this situation was really becoming? I think over the last weekend, as we started to get more information from press conferences from the president and, and a lot more attention, I think that that's when we realized that there was a bigger impact. Um, and it wasn't just something happening um, in other places, that it was something happening right here in our own backyards that we yeah. need to be careful of. It seems to have been, for me, a, a slow build. You know, mm -hmm. you hear about it happening in China and then mm -hmm. in Italy and you're and you're paying attention but you don't really understand the seriousness and then it seems like all of a sudden we're all hunkered down in our homes mm -hmm. and you know this is a, a huge deal how has it affected your practice or your patients so so in a lot of ways i think the the biggest impact is is that we need to educate people about um, the real risks that are out there and also what you can do to control it um, we need to you know acknowledge that that anxiety and that worry is is something that's out there and that unknown is really hard but you know working with our patients um, and our staff to figure out ways of things that we can can control, you know, and things that we can do to prevent the spread. So in our clinics, you know, we have um, different protocols about, you know, checking folks out for fever and screening for all of the common things that that may put a person at risk. You know, we've changed to a lot of phone visits versus in-person visits if um, if a person is doing well and, and doesn't need to be seen in person. Um, we've also made some changes to how many people are in the clinic at any given time with some shifted work schedules for the staff, as well as shifted appointment times for folks that need to be seen um, and keeping people you know separated per the CDC guidelines if they are exhibiting any symptoms um, and making sure to address that quickly. So people are being recommended to stay in your home if mm -hmm. you can if you can work from home mm -hmm. um, you know schools are closed what kind of stress does that put on well let's start with an individual mm -hmm. so if you are single and you're living at home and you're working from home all the time and you're hearing the news about this pandemic, what kind of stress does that put on a person or could? So that stress reaction that we have is a, a lot about unknown, and it's a lot about, you know, what, you know, what can I do? And, and it can be really scary for people, you know, particularly if you're used to working in a social environment and seeing people, that social isolation can be challenging, and that's why it's important to, to distinguish between the social distancing and social isolation that we can have some um, control over. Um, I think it just might be scary to be alone in your house and, um, you know, not connecting with people and then not knowing what's going on. Right. Also might, you know, make people more susceptible to watching news more, you know, kind of constantly having the news on in the background or hearing updates all the time, which also creates another kind of some negative emotions um, and some fear and worry um, that wouldn't be part of your usual day to day if you were going to work, you of know, course. as you would normally. 
So I guess you would consider me a millennial, okay. let's say, and mm-hmm. I am on all the social the social accounts. And so for me, I see a lot of my friends posting funny memes mm-hmm. or funny jokes about the toilet paper or about right. pandemics. And um, what do you think the reasoning is behind that? I think people are trying to find humor in in a scary situation, right? So that it's a, it's a number one a way to connect with people through social media, right? Because right, we're all in this together. Totally. It's something we all have in common. Is mm-hmm. no one can find toilet paper, right? Exactly. And so I think maybe you know people talking about that creates some humor and some levity um, instead of some kind of the serious, scared and anxiety reaction that we have. I think we also have to be careful with social media because you know misinformation can be spread extremely rapidly you know you want to make sure that you're not getting your news from social media that you're getting your news and your information from trusted sources like the CDC um, and things like that because uh, that's where you're gonna get good information anybody can post to a social media site that might look um, like it's a true news story or things like that but it's really easy for misinformation to get out there So obviously none of us have ever dealt with something like this before, Mm -hmm. but you're saying right now, you know, they're trying to make light of the situation. They're trying to connect. How long would you expect the jokes to continue before it's, gone on long enough that it's okay not so funny anymore yeah and that that's hard to say I think it's going to depend on the impact um, that it has on our community and and on your loved ones if you're you know a loved one or family member or somebody you know gets infected or gets sick um, that's going to change how people um, react to that and, and things like that I think human nature is always going to use levity and humor to try to get through things so I hope that it goes on so that um that people um, have some some positives in their life. But I think also as more information is gathered, there's still so much unknown and uncertainty that, uh, that people are trying to put in some of that humor wherever they can. For those of you just tuning in with us, we are speaking with Dr. Alicia Cowdery from Valleywise Health about the mental health impacts of the coronavirus. Um, we're talking about quarantining in your home and the stresses of that. So what about families who, you know, we all live really busy lives. Our schedules are normally mm-hmm. packed and now our, our calendars are clear mm-hmm. and we're all stuck at home and forced to maybe get to know each other a little better for the first time. What, what do you foresee that being like for normal American families? So I think there's an adjustment period, of course, right? You've got to adjust to those different schedules and what you can do. And I think it's going to be really important for people to implement a schedule for their day and to have those routines. Because if you're, you know, one day at home might be really nice to, to not do anything. But if we keep doing that with time, it's going to be really hard on people. So making sure to establish a schedule and a routine for yourself and your family um, so that at least some of the normalcies of life are still there. If, if you've got kids at home, you want to make sure they're still doing their schoolwork, if at all possible, mm-hmm. you know, using the distance learning and different opportunities that are available. And then also just, you know, normal things, making sure you're maintaining your sleep pattern, um, that you are eating well, nutritious meals, um, that you are taking some time to get some exercise, um, get outside if you can within the norms of social distancing, of course, but going for a walk, going for a hike, those things like that are going to help Absolutely. us, uh, help us do well. You also might want to make sure you're doing the things that are fun, you know, make sure you're doing a game night or or your hobbies or things that you enjoy so that you don't eliminate any of those things that you might have done outside of the house before is how can you recreate some of those social activities um, that you might have done before 
help recreate those at home? You know, could you talk to all your friends that you might go to dinner with? Could you instead all talk on, you know, on FaceTime Video or something like chat, that? Yeah. Right. So, so doing some of those things to be creative, I think can be helpful for people. So what about the kids? I'm thinking about myself. If I were in elementary school or high school and my school got mm -hmm. canceled, I would be thrilled sure. at first, uh -huh. but uh, after time, does it wear on kids to be home all day with nothing to do? How, how does that? Yeah, so I think it's important, again, for the routine for kids, right? You want to maintain, it's, it's okay for them to have a spring break, right? But you also want to maintain when it when it's not spring break, it's okay to get back on schedule and make sure they're doing their the activities the school recommends and things like that. Getting um, outdoor exercise is good for kids too. You know, not being cooped up. And then also talking with kids about the reality of what's going on. Exactly. We don't want to be, you know, inducing any unnecessary fear with kids. We and wanna... you have a lot of experience with children's behavioral health. Can you talk a little bit about that and your experience with the First Episode Center? So yeah, we, we worked with um, adolescents and young adults um, at our First Episode Center. Um, so that's where my experience with that comes from that, you know, we just want to make sure that kids have the right information and not um, you know not any misinformation things we want to make sure that we tell them that we you know we're doing everything we can to control this and this is what we can do as part of our community to help you know stop the spread of the disease so just keeping simple terms um, with young people so that they they feel they have some semblance of control and also understanding the age range you your child is what kind of information um, that you want to be sharing with right, them. Right, because this could this change their outlook on life? If this is their reality when they're little kids and this is kind of seared into their memory when they get older, could this kind of change how they act when they get older? Yeah, so definitely it, it could, um, depending on certain circumstances, you know, kind of their genetic background, how how families handle fear, anxiety, worries, those type of things is, uh, we wanna look at those things, but also knowing that kids are resilient and um, that uh, we wanna make sure to protect them, give them the information they need, but also, um, um, let them be kids, you know, that not letting them watch the news um, all the time is going to be really important and, and conveying the information from you to your kid versus them seeing maybe some misinformation in various news sources or social media. Those things will be important. That's hard because uh, I've got a seven-year-old mm -hmm. and she's, you know, we told her she was going to go to school and she was very excited at first sure. because it's like, hey, you know, free time. But then she's asked about oh, can I have a play date with so-and-so or mm -hmm. a play date with so-and-so? And we're trying to explain to her, it, no, you yeah. really can't. And and that's really hard. Um, and as, as well as, you know, she wants to go to the zoo, she wants to go to mm -hmm. parks, this and that. And all that, as much as excitement as she had, you kind of see her deflate a little mm -hmm. bit because it's not all just fun and games. Definitely. And, and, and I mean, you could, you've kind of talked about it, but how do you kind of get through that to, to a kid? So I think being creative about things. I know I saw a social media post of a friend of mine that, you know, they were um – Two kids were outside, each on the opposite side of the sidewalk, playing their – one was playing a guitar and one was playing a saxophone together. So there you know, things like that that they could do um, that they're still, you know, kind of some distance apart. But, you know, kids playing outside at the same time in separate uh, front yards, things like that. So there's still some social interaction there. Um, having kids have, you know, maybe a, a, a virtual play date where they could talk to their friends on FaceTime mm -hmm. or play online games, things like that um, are all things – people can do to interact socially um, without um, 
without being actually in person. So encouraging social connectedness, but then also, you know, rediscovering maybe some things in your own family, like, you know, doing a game night or something like that at home. So having some creative ways. I know that there's a ton of information out there that people are sharing about what they're doing. So kind of knowing, you know, sharing with your friends and family what they're doing to try to combat this creative. because it's a common experience that we're all having so Definitely. and not only are the kids home but parents have to deal with child totally. care issues mm-hmm. so what are some of the stresses behind that when you're kind of torn between i need to go to work but mm-hmm. my kids are home i can't find a child care open mm-hmm. so those are really difficult uh, situations for people to handle so relying on our our social networks as much as possible to figure out how we can do those things and what part of these things we can control it, it sounds like a lot of employers are being you know treating employees very well about um, being able to work from home if you can if you're in an industry that that's not the case I think that can be more of a challenge but you know really trying to figure out how can you do things and then you know asking for support from folks um, who can help Absolutely. And that goes to the the psychology behind the financial loss. Mm -hmm. So um, when the 2008 market crash happened, there were some major mental health implications from that. I know the suicide rate went up. Mm -hmm. Um, People were having mental breakdowns. how do what's the psychology behind the financial loss of you know this is unprecedented we don't even know how many billions or trillions Mm -hmm. of dollars are being lost here well yeah i think it's just going to be that's going to be really scary for people is that that fear of the unknown um that anxiety and uncertainty is really unsettling for people um to know that you know hey if i don't go to work next week because my job is closed and then i don't get paid for another couple weeks how long is this going to go on am i going to be able to pay my rent or my mortgage this month or next month? Am I going to be able to put food on the table for my kids? Um, Those are are real realities for people. And that's why, you know, we as a community need to support each other to make sure that we get through these things. Absolutely. um, And that people have answers to some of these unknowns. We're speaking with District Medical Group physician Dr. Alicia Cowdery about the mental health implications of the coronavirus. If you are having um, some concerns and, and need to speak to a doctor, you can still make an appointment with us um, at one of our ValleyWise Community Health Centers across the valley. You can book an appointment on our website at valleywisehealth.org, or you can call us at 1-888-855-9973. That's 888-855-9973. We're, we're really just at the tip of the iceberg for this. It seems like this could go on. We, we don't know how many weeks or months. Um, right now it's all new and, um, you know, people are out and stockpiling stuff. But in your opinion, how long until you feel like this might feel a little bit more normal? I think that's really hard to judge. I think that, you know, we can learn a little bit about what other nations have gone through and how long it, it took for them um, to get through this. That's true, because some of them are a couple weeks ahead mm-hmm. and, it, and it does help us to kind of track. Right. And I think also, you know, putting in as many of the recommendations by the CDC for um, the things to do to avoid this, you know, washing your hands, social distancing, um, covering up your, your cough or sneeze, all of those things that the more the community wraps around these things and does these things is that we're going to have a better opportunity to control this. So I think it's really hard to know because I think that we're probably reacting differently in the United States and in each state and each city differently. Um, So it's hard to know how long that will last. Differently, but still similar. So Mm -hmm. I thought that panic buying was Mm -hmm. just an American thing, but I've seen other countries post that it's happening there too. What's What can you tell us about that, the reasoning behind why people are flocking to the stores and buying up all these essentials? 
um, and stockpiling, you know, hoarding all this stuff in their house. Sure. I think people are scared and, and they're going to try to do things that are within their control. They think, oh gosh, if I'm going to be, you know, uh, stuck at home for several weeks or a month, I'm going to need all of these items. When in the reality, I don't know if anybody's, you know, kind of counting how much toilet paper they use in an average day or, or and actually buying that. Um, but we want to do you know, reasonable things so that resources are there for everybody. And um, so I think it's just a, a a semblance of control. People think, what if I get stuck? What if I can't leave my house? You know, there's there's real fears around not having adequate supplies at home. Um, but I, I do think that also we have to listen to the, the recommendations uh, that are given to us from the scientific folks about what we should be doing. And right. buying mass amounts of toilet paper isn't, isn't one of them. It reminds me of the Black Friday craziness mm-hmm. and kind of the mob mentality right. that, I don't know, it's like you want to be part of it. As, mm-hmm. At the same time, it's kind of you know, it's serious and, mm-hmm. and people are dying, but it's also kind of like you want to be connected and with people and I, I don't know. Well, it messes with your head because you see people mm-hmm. buying all this stuff and first you laugh and you go, <laughs> crazies, and then you kind of go, wait a minute, like I'm kind of, I'm running out of stuff here. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah, and you kind of, and then, you know, I get to the point where, you know, you make fun of them for buying so much stuff, but then the, cr- the thought crossed my mind, like if I find like three packages of toilet paper, I'm going to buy them. You know, and I, it shouldn't go that way, but it, it messes with your head. It really does. For, for sure. And I think people just, you know, just like you said, if you see somebody doing it, you think, uh-oh, you might think that's silly. But then at the other hand, you don't want to be the person without Left toilet out. paper, um, you know, in, in another month or so. So I think it just, it, it triggers reactions in us that we wouldn't normally have if you sat at home and said, what's my grocery list? What do I need to make? All of those things um, versus reacting to what someone else is doing or their behavior. Um, I think that that contributes to that. You know, something else though that I noticed at the grocery store, it, it kind of felt the same way it did during 9-11. People are really quiet. People are serious. We kind of see each other and smile, but then you kind of you can feel it in in the you store. Can feel the tension. And, yeah, you can feel the tension. Um, I mean that 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 gets heavy on people. That can be heavy, I guess. Definitely, and I think there people are operating a little bit of paranoia, right? Is that you know you're walking through the store, being like, who is somebody going to give this to me? You know, I know as a person that experiences allergies myself, um, mm-hmm. you know, if I sneeze because of my allergies, I think there's an automatic thought that. Oh my goodness, uh, that I, that could be how I get infected with the coronavirus. Um, and so I think that people just have kind of these automatic thoughts about things um, that lead to negative thinking patterns and and lead to a little bit of paranoia and suspicion about what's going on. I so think. we just need to have some more common sense, and like you said, just stick to those websites you know uh, the information is going to be accurate. Correct. And the CDC is going to give us the best information um, that's going to be scientifically based. It's going to be common sense and it's going to be the things that we really need to do. Um, so we really want to listen to those things versus listen, you know, to any you know website that, you know, I don't know, that doesn't maybe have any credibility or, mm-hmm. or things like that that might be offered off of emotion versus science. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Dr. Alicia Cowdery from Valleywise Health about the mental health implications of the coronavirus. Um, We're all dealing with this for the first time um, in our lifetimes, um, and many of us are being asked to to social distance or quarantine in our homes, and it's going to have an impact on us one way or the other. Um, What what are some of the signs that maybe someone isn't coping with this as well as they um, could be, whether it be, you know, increased alcohol consumption or drugs or 
loss of sleep. Um, can we kind of go into some of those so you can check on your neighbor mm-hmm, and make sure they're okay? So yeah, so things, uh, just as you mentioned, if you're not sticking to your regular sleeping pattern, might give you some mood changes or irritability or depression. You know, social isolation also can, can be hard for people. If you're usually a social person and you're social at work, to then be at home um, you know, with, uh, with less social interactions can be hard. Um, people might notice uh, that they turn to drugs or alcohol, cigarettes, um, if they're smoking or drinking more is, is something to watch for. And so just, you know, checking in with people and making sure like, hey, how are you dealing with this? And then also talking about the commonalities that it's okay to talk about that we're all anxious and scared about this. It's a it's a normal reaction to what's going on in the world right now. Absolutely. And so connecting on that instead of, you know, trying to be, be tough or anything like that is that this is a really scary thing that people are going through. Right. And I think the more that we can do that and stay connected as humans in that manner, it's going to be better. But then also recognizing if things aren't going well for people, getting them connected to, to a therapist or a doctor to seek additional support. Absolutely. And you can speak with um, someone if you need to talk. You can make an appointment with a Valleywise Health primary care physician and they will refer you if needed um, to additional care. And you can book an appointment with us by, by calling 1-833-855-9973. 833-855-9973, or you can book an appointment on our website, valleywisehealth.org. Uh, how is your team holding up with this? You know, a lot of people are working from home sure. and told to social distance, yet healthcare workers are right in the thick of it. How, how is your team holding up and how does that work? So definitely. So so we know that we need to be leaders in this. Um, that's part of our training. And so there are several things we want to do is we want to stay informed. Um, that's really important. We want to make sure we're correcting any misinformation that's out there. Um, we want to educate and inform people about stress reactions and what they can do and how to take care of themselves, how to recognize when things are not going well, and then how to seek help, how to call in, get an appointment, you know, talk to your, your um, somebody on your team that is supportive and figuring out ways to help uh, our patients and our teams and checking in with each other too to just see how we're all managing this and and getting creative about ideas about what to, to do to, to help folks around us um, within the the rules and the um, the ways in which we can decrease the spread of the of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. To go back to the memes that I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier in the jokes, um, so you know some of my friends who work in healthcare or work in news are, are tweeting about Remember the, in the movie The Titanic, how you know everyone's jumping on board and the the band kept playing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still playing as the ship's right. going down, and it can feel stressful, of course. Definitely, and it, and it does. You know, poses a higher risk when you work in healthcare. But I think we we have a commitment to to make sure our communities are healthy, um, and that we take care of ourselves as well, so that we make sure that we can do the best to combat this virus as, as we can. What about your personal? Um, you know, the impacts of this on you personally. I know when we were getting ready for the show, we were talking about our friends' weddings being canceled Mm -hmm. and trips being canceled. Um, Has this impacted you at all? So I think it impacts all of us, right? So of course, you know, I've had to cancel my own trip that I I had booked um, that I was really looking forward to, but uh, we'll figure out how to get creative and, and put something else into that time on how else we can use um, use our vacation time and, and things like right. that in manners that, again, are safe. And while it's, a, of course, a disappointment to have to, to cancel those things, it's, it will it's happen where we eventually. are. It, yeah, it's where we are right now. Yeah, that's a good good attitude to have, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you so much for, you know, giving us this insight. I think a lot of people, obviously all of us, are mm-hmm. dealing with this. And so um, are there any 
major takeaways that we want our viewers to know, um, our listeners to know as we um, close here about, you know, how they can um, keep sane during this craziness? Yeah, so definitely, like I said, stay informed with um, with resources that are scientifically based, like the CDC. Um, correct any misinformation. If somebody says something that seems really, you know, that you know is not scientifically based, t- you know, talk about that, that, you know, that, that the disease isn't spread by some, you know, very strange manner. We know we know how, how this these things are going right now. Um, limiting your media exposure, not listening to the news 24-7, you know, just getting your news from one source and, and then being done with it, um, you know, and, and do as much of your, your daily normal routine behaviors, things that you like um, within the rules that you can to maintain that positive attitude and outlook um, and and have some hope that, you know, we're going to get through this. And um, of course, there's some new normals, but mm-hmm. um, but we will get through this and, and to control all the things that you can control. And luckily, we do live in a day and age where we've got all of these technologies and capabilities of connecting, even if we're not there in person. So, right. yeah, you know. I mean, it's great that you could, you know, FaceTime somebody that's on, you know, another coast or in another country or your neighbor even now that you might not see them. So so the opportunities we have with um, with technology are I think will really improve the way we stay connected when we're, we're told to be socially distant. Absolutely. Dr. Alicia Cowdery with ValleyWise Health. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, for those listening, we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.